we were there last year for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And, yeah. <laughs> How did it go? Uh, <laughs> so, so, so what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> now, he finished in the golden hour, well, so he has all the experience of knowing the entire day. <laughs> yeah, so if you were to finish in the golden hour, you get this nice T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> What's the golden hour? The last hour before the cutoff. 29 to 30. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. With your hosts, Norman and Jody, discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Good morning. Oh my gosh, it is morning. Yeah, we don't normally do these in the morning. <laughs> but there's a good reason why we are today, which we'll get to later. Right. We just wanted to bring your attention to one of our races, one of our newer races, Fiddle 50, Mm. Norm sporting the buff from last year. If you want to try an ultra marathon, if you've never done one before, or if you're training for, let's say, a 100 miler, or if you want to do a relay, this is the race for you. (laughs) And the reason is, is because it's on a closed one kilometer loop it's fine pea gravel so easy surface to run on the slightest amount of elevation i barely call it a bump i think it's well it's a bump in the beginning but when you're doing 100 milers that uh, the bump becomes a mountain <laughs> yeah but it's tiny so what we're saying is it's the perfect intro to ultras it's the perfect spot to go and train for your 100 miler or your 100k because you don't have to carry anything. It's 1K. And, yeah, and yeah, no handheld, no problem. That's right. Because you'll get back to the start finish in a matter less of... Less than 10 minutes. Yeah, less than 10 minutes. And we'll be there cheering you on. We have a great bunch of volunteers. We have the Town Fitness 10K this year. We added a shorter distance. And we're trying to look for get fiddlers. Yes, so check it out. GottaRunRacing.com, Fiddle50. Yeah, see you there. Now, the reason that we're doing this in the morning... Yeah, what's happening? ...is because our guest... Mm -hmm. Our guest lives in Europe. Germany, in fact. Mm. His name is Janosz Kowalczuk. He's 32. Adidas athlete who placed third at Black Canyon last weekend. This is our third and final podcast of what happened at Black Canyon. Yes, that's right. We're excited that we've been able to chat with three runners from... Who all podiumed. Who all podiumed and earned a ticket at Western. Yeah, why not? So let's talk a little bit about Janos. He won Mozart 100K in 2022, a race that we both know. Mm -hmm. He won Ultra Trail Mount Fuji in 2019, and he won Ultra Trail Cape Town in 2018. And a bunch, if you check him out. He's done quite a bunch of races and... Internationally. International races, yeah. yeah. And it's, he seems to like vert. <laughs> so. <laughs> and here's Janos coming up. Congratulations on your incredible performance at Black Canyon last weekend. But before we dig into that, we kind of like to go back to the beginning. So, first of all, are you from Stuttgart originally? Yes, close by, small city, close by maybe 15 miles. Oh, okay. What do you do for work? I just run. You just run? <laughs> Good. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I, that job. I used to, yeah, I, I studied engineering and already worked four years, almost five. So I'm not one of those longtime students or um, <laughs> van life. Yeah. 
so then I quit and decided to give it a go, give it a shot with the trail running. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, good for you. You're living the life. You're living the dream. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> How and when did you even start running to make this your profession? <laughs> yeah, I started as a kid and I used to play soccer like everyone in Germany, I guess, every <laughs> little boy. I mean, it's like car boys, soccer boys, like, but, and then I did parallel athletics and, and soccer for a little time stopped both when I started studying and then came back and at one point I want to run a marathon so when I did athletics the club was more focused on um what is it like decathlon or the the mm. technical disciplines right so we warmed up and I did like the strides and the and drills and everything but there was not really a running group and then with like 13 14 I probably stupid things i not even wrote a diary or something so <laughs> you know i decided hmm, maybe six times 400 and after five i was tired and stopped or you know it was just <laughs> and and yeah and then i restarted running when i set this goal to run a marathon in 2012 when i was at the university and then the next year my i at this time, I studied maybe that's 60K, like 35 miles from home. Mm. And I used to ride my bike home, my road bike. And then I, it, I had a little accident, nothing happened, but the bike was broken. And then I signed up for an ultra race eight weeks <laughs> later and I won the race. It was a local <laughs> one, but I still won. And then I was completely fixed with the sport because it was just a dumb idea. And, and I won and I felt like, wow, this is something I, I'm really good at again, you know? because I stopped sports a couple of years ago and then I found back to running here. So did you actually run the marathon or did you go right to the 60? Yeah. Yeah. No, I ran the marathon in, in Hamburg. It's quite, it's a spring marathon in Germany and I ran 248, nice. which in kilometers is exactly 4.00. So four minutes per K <laughs> and it was perfect. Yeah. I started slow, like, this is not my tactics in ultra running too. And then passed so many people and it was so much fun. Maybe I could have run a little bit faster, but this <laughs> for a minute just seemed so it's a, like an, you know, comfortable time to calculate while in running stress. <laughs> so I always calculate like 5k, 20 minutes, 10k, 40, 15k, 60. <laughs> yeah. It's super easy. Just easy multiply math. the K times four. <laughs> and that way I always stick to the four minutes. That's that a good a, strategy. Yeah. And and we use we use metric in Canada as well. And oh we're yeah, always, true. We're always joking with our American friends how much easier it is to calculate everything. So get yeah. get on the program. <laughs> yeah, it's through 10k. You should run 330, 35. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there's not a lot of elevation in Stuttgart from what we understand, mm -hmm. but you've done some pretty epic races like Madeira, Fuji, Gran Canaria, which is actually happening today. So where do you go for vert? Hmm, yeah, it's true. So now since I, I went with Adidas Terex the last two, three years, I went to a lot of training camps. Mm. And sometimes I feel like this is already enough um, because then you have so such a dense workload. And, and then I feel like it's better to do the rolling hills around here. Also, um, I've never been 
the super mountain goat. So if I go to like a vertical cage just uphill, I, it's not my thing. Usually I get really good when it's like the third climb or the fourth and so mm-hmm. on. It's more like the the um the nutrition and the the diesel engine that keeps just going forever. But also for training here, I have to run every hill kind of because mm. sometimes I start hiking when I really want to do low low effort, but that's what I learned the last months and the the recent years I usually ran every hill. <laughs> And it's very, um, yeah, I think for me, it's perfect surrounding here. I have my family and friends who support me. It's all, I mean, everyone says that ultra running is half, half the game is mental, mm-hmm. the mental thing. And, and then the training is still good. You know, it's like 200 meters of elevation change here. And I can run from the door 15K, 600 meters up and down. Mm-hmm. So plus minus 600 and I can also walk to nice ice cream, Italian places and everything in the city, walk like six <laughs> minutes, you know, and it's four minutes to the to the beginning of the forest. Mm. And then what I always tell people, of course, the 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 break between intervals is a little bit longer because you have to run down and not cannot continue up, up, up. Right. But for like lactate, the the hill is enough for eight minutes and you can totally kill yourself on like six times eight minutes uphill. Mm-hmm. what's missing is like this what i always say romantic mountain summit <laughs> moments you know i can't go on a summit for sunrise and post some nice reels on instagram but i can completely kill myself on uphill intervals because it's enough for like six to ten minutes right yeah and then the whole environment with what i said family friends it just it's just good here i know the physio for, since a couple of years and uh the gym and yeah it's just solid training when i yeah i i used to work full-time and then decided to do the pro sport so i didn't like grow into the sport and i never i didn't quit my job to like travel the world and Mm -hmm. and be like a trail running backpacker you know (laughs) i i always had this like comparison in mind when i thought about quitting the job because it's quite a step when you're already like end of your 20s and have a good paid engineering job yeah and i always wanted to become the best um athlete and and focus on performance and that's what i think is is possible here in this setting right right and there's always time to go back to that yeah i think so yeah i mean in southern germany stuttgart is southwest for for the people who don't know and southeast is kind of munich so Mm -hmm. munich is bmw and audi is north of munich and Stuttgart is Porsche and Mercedes, so it's <laughs> like do. thousands of companies who work f- like um, do parts or software mm-hmm. or whatever for like the big the big car companies manufacturers. Right. So yeah, I think it, it's it's not that difficult to go back and find a job. And I think I I talked to a lot of people, of course, before I did this step and. Maybe if I don't find the dream job then, but um, I can just get a maybe boring, but like repetitive or not super fancy job and then, and then see forward, you know, but I don't have the, I'm not scared that I will have nothing. Yeah. 
That's no, good. No, yeah. exactly. Hmm. Well, now's the time to do it for sure. Take yeah. it from us. Yeah. We're in our 50s. So yeah. <laughs> looking back, <laughs> we would do things differently. Yeah. I, okay, I would have been yeah. a pro runner too in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, when did you run your first ultra run again? And what was in it? In 2012. And what race was that? Oh, it was in the Black Forest and it was a two-day race. Oh. So the first day was 56K and the second day was like 25K and there was like a, what is that then, 80-something K uh, yeah, award mm-hmm. too. And on the first day I won, but I started crying before I reached the finish line because I was so overwhelmed why on earth am I leading now? <laughs> and I, and, or I have to start earlier. I told you, the bike got broken. I was a student. <laughs> so no money. I hitchhiked to this um, um, start of the race in the little village in the Black Forest. Beautiful scenery. And there was free um, overnight sleeping in like the gym of the of the town where the, where the little kids uh, play inside sports to sports. So I brought my um, air mattress and sleeping bag and hitchhiked <laughs> there, slept there, told everyone who slept there in the evening, like community of trail runners, first time me in the, being in the community, very cool people, and told everyone, oh, this is my first time. I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Should I eat a lot? Should I start slow? You know? <laughs> and after the race, everyone was like, you, you asshole. You didn't, <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't know. I, I swear. <laughs> And this is 56K and maybe like 5K to go. I I started crying during the race because I didn't know what to do. And it was very hard. I I really suffered. And it was like in between. My emotions were just so mixed up. I was suffering. I had no energy left to like hold back the feelings because I spent all in my legs. Right. (laughs) And then it got even worse. I called my mom and I started crying. Mom, mom, I won. But you know, I have to run tomorrow again. <laughs> and I didn't know I didn't know it's possible or I had no idea of the whole scene, you know, that what that people run a whole week in the desert or whatever. I just thought, wow, I just did a race and now I have to run again. How and, and I had to have to hold them back, obviously. <laughs> it was very, very crazy. Yeah. And everyone now knew you the next day. They know watching yeah, this exactly. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost the second stage, but overall I won because um, of my gap. Yeah, in the in the longer stage, <laughs> but then hilarious. they knew, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did Western states come on your radar? Oh, that that's perfect because that's part two of the story. So in the <laughs> same year, that was May. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I ran in August another race, seventy k, mid of August, and. Mm-hmm. There, someone asked me to run Transalpine Run, mm. which is a seven-day stage race, two weeks later. Nice. So this was me being in my uh, 22, yeah, early 20s, first ultra season running a 70K, 3,000 meters up and down in the German Alps. And because, you know, the Transalpine Run seven-day stage race, around 200 miles, is you have to have a partner. And his partner um, was sick or ill, I don't know. So there's kind of a an auction for people who who are looking for for new partners, and he asked me, "Hey, you don't have to pay, and it's quite expensive the fee." And I was a student, so I thought about it one or two days and thought, "Yeah, I'm so good now because I won the second race too." <laughs> and then I thought, "Yes, let's do it. I save a lot of money because the other guy who already paid and was um, injured or something, um, 
didn't care about the fee. It was right. a couple hundred euros. And then I got injured. Oh. And during the race, since it was my first season, mm-hmm. I didn't know that because everyone had these problems. Everyone has some kinesio tape on the knee, on the ankle. But those people knew their body and they knew this pain, this pain will go into weeks, or this is just some physio treatment and this is just muscle pain or whatever. And I had pain in my knee after like two, three days and I pushed through the next four days. Mm. And then I, I thought nothing. I thought, yeah, like everyone said, it will go away. Just rest and rest and rest and rest. And, and then I was injured with my knee for one and a half years, Ooh. which you have to imagine the first race, I thought this is my new thing. I found something that I'm really good at. And I was so excited to like, like a chunky with the new sport I found kind of like a tool. And then the second race I won and the third, I got injured for, for like forever. I, I felt like stuck like a tiger in a cage. And I, mm-hmm. it was a very, very stupid situation. And during this time, since I just came into the sport, I, I, I didn't know all the races, but since I was injured, I, I, it was, it became like a hobby to Google and search races. <laughs> yeah. So I watch YouTube videos about Hard Rock and Western States and UTMB, and I checked the profiles. And it was just, I just started with ultra running, but I, after one and a half years of knee injury, I was so, I swear to myself, when I come back, I will be more smart, do it, start easy, train consistently, and. But during the one and a half years, I learned by heart every course profile of the race. I said, <laughs> what's the Grand Slam of Ultras? And how? what's the like different 100-mile races? What's a belt buckle? What's, you know, <laughs> I learned everything during these years because I studied. I studied. <laughs> couldn't so, run. And what's a golden <laughs> ticket? What's a yeah, golden exactly. Ticket? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was part, part two. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> So let's let's uh, before we get to Black Canyon, what is your preparation for Black Canyon? Because you're going to a desert run and you're coming from winter Germany. Mm. I, I don't know how the winters are, but mm. completely different. What was your preparation for that? Yeah, in Stuttgart it's quite mild, but it's maybe around um, five to ten degrees, sometimes zero. Yeah, so thirty-five to four forty-five Fahrenheit. So not super warm, yeah, but. I'm very good in heat races usually. The two or three where it was really hot, like Mozart last year was 32 degrees mm. Celsius. Yep. I don't know, that's like 90 already or something, I guess. Yeah, it's close. You also have Celsius then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. Ah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, and there I also won last year. So, but, and then also in Stuttgart, it's all the hills, like I said. When I do 15K, 600 meters on an average endurance run it's like five hills at least yeah because the longest is maybe 200 meters but then usually if you don't want to go all the way down where then um like the rich people's houses start and the like hill hill view um yeah you turn around off 100 go back 120 80 down 100 up and stuff like this so I am really used to hills and that's also what suits me very well. I'm quite maybe for a professional endurance runner, quite heavy. And I just, if it's like 20% for a vertical, I it's, I have to hike and it's, it's different, but those rolling terrain really, really suits me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's 
also one reason why I choose the race. Yeah. The other one is I wanted to start the season early. Right. Mm. Well, I had to laugh when we were watching your the post show with the top three and you were saying you were studying Google to find the mandatory gear kit. Yes. <laughs> you couldn't find it. <laughs> and we have to laugh because we did a race in Turkey this past October. Mm-hmm. And of course, they did have a mandatory gear kit. But we've never been asked to show it before. We didn't have to prove it. We didn't have to prove it. So when we went to the race kit pickup, they had these bins with pictures of each item. And you had to yeah. place the item on the photo. Oh, and we did not show up with everything, so we had to go back to our hotel yeah. and, Get it all. and bring it. So I'm imagining what you're thinking. No mandatory gear kit. This is going to be so easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> There's a lot of things that are different, I think. And I really love the experience of racing Black Canyons because I also thought it's just dirt roads, for example, because the American races are so fast. Yes. And... Yeah, then I came there and also the venues are so small. A lot of races, I think, have they happen in state parks or national parks and they have permits and stuff. So mm-hmm. in Germany or in Europe, some races end in like a city of 100,000 people and there's like <laughs> more people start to. So, but then I realized it's it's just more like family kind of because mm-hmm. it's smaller but still the field was super stacked and it will be a very fast race and i kind of had to change my expectations a little bit yeah and also i i brought my backpack yes and then <laughs> just in case i didn't know and i for example i also i don't just don't own a handheld so <laughs> I, I i there was a little bit in between and um before the race with all the planning i Developed a very good tactic, yeah. <laughs> well, let's take us through the day. We'll break it down into thirds. So in the beginning, when you're at the start line and everyone takes off like it's a 5K race, <laughs> were you just trying to stay with somebody? Like maybe Tom Evans, you probably know. Your or teammate, yeah. Would, mm-hmm. Were you just, what, what were you thinking when, the, my God, this is a 5K race? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's absolutely true, yeah. Since I came there and thought it's a fast race, dirt roads and stuff, and I did one, we did one course reckon day because I arrived a week early, and then on the first day we ran still ran twenty k, the week out, and there I think we ran maybe that was lucky me because we ran one of the rockier parts, mm. and I realized okay this is not big climbs but this is quite rocky and you have to be very careful with your ankles and your quads it will just speed them up over time. And also it's very, lots of turns and twists and all the little like bumps or it's like, (laughs) you just always lose your stride. It's not like running a marathon on a road. You, it looks like it's flat, but since it's always like one meter up and you're almost tip, tipling, what is this? Tiptoeing for like three steps. And then you're, the next step is kind of going in a hole because you Mm. lose one meter in one step, you know, it's, it's very Un, um, undulating uncons- yeah yeah and and then during also i talked to the people and the americans of the team terex and they told me there's a lots of fast people and i think all it's just with the college system in the u.s there's so many people who used to run very fast mm-hmm. 
And this is, was when I kind of changed my tactics and really thought I will do it like I do it in Germany. And it's like never change a running system and start slow, eat well, hydrate well. And that's how I started. Yeah, I yeah. kind of started talking to some people, the first case, but always um, kept a little bit behind. I lost like the leading group after one or two K and then... <laughs> But the leading group, there were like 15 people. Yeah. yeah. It was like, and I, I thought about it for a moment. Maybe I should close the gap and run in the pack. But yeah, it's just with 95K to go, there's no point closing the gap. I will no. see them soon. No, exactly. And and you know that you can easily burn your quads in that first yes. 20, mi 20 miles, 30 32k for sure which i'm yeah. sure a lot of people do they get caught mm -hmm. up in it and they can't help themselves no. or they if they love running downhill yeah. they're going to use that to their advantage but yeah who knows where that puts them in the the next third so what position were you in at um the 50k which was soap creek what where were you do you know where you were uh, i think i was in the top 10 already Okay. Because I entered um, Black Canyon City 60K, then around six, seven, eight or something. With, okay. I was running with Stephen Kirsch and David Laney mm -hmm. in Black Canyon City. And I think 10K earlier, I was already following Stephen um, for a couple of miles. And yes, yeah, so during this time, I mean, the first hour was quite, yeah, just fast. And I was shocked how fast they start and you have to find kind of your rhythm and your position. And, and during this time I already realized this is re going really well because after like 10 K maybe I was really like warmed up and my energy system, like providing my body with, with enough energy was running on smooth kind of. Mm -hmm. And I felt like between hour one and in the end six, seven, I didn't feel any felt any difference. So, mm. oh. yeah, for That's me, <laughs> kilometer 10, 20, 30, 70 was all the same. Wow. And, and it wasn't too is... hot. So you weren't really no. dealing with any sort no. of extra heat. I mean, it got hot, yes. But I was, I think, maybe even the only guy in the top 20 who started to wear a backpack early. Mm. And I put ice in my backpack. No. So there was no mandatory equipment, but I wear my running vest full of ice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good idea. from like 10 a.m. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Did you have any pacers or? No. 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 Yeah. No. I, yeah, that's also, we don't have pacers in Europe. And <laughs> I thought, I thought. A pacer is fine if it gets like dangerous in Alpine terrain or mm. night or section. maybe in the night, for yeah. example, a night yeah. section. Yeah. But I thought if there's a pacer and he doesn't have a bib and he runs in front of me, why should I catch him? Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like someone hiking there and I pass him or, you know, is, <laughs> but may, of course you can um, motivate and help yourself. But I feel like this sometimes happened to me and it's, it's a very thin line. When people say, because I'm like background of engineering, right? And people say, oh, you're looking good. And I feel like shit. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. I'm, that's not true. <laughs> and on the other side, if the words are slightly different and they say, your last kilometer was, I don't know, fine. And I check the watch and I say, oh, I want to run five minute pace. And this was 502. 
Mm. Yeah, it's true, a true statement. So my <laughs> rational mind, you know, is always, is just slightly different um, motivational like quotes that can completely because like support my thinking or yes. they can like make me angry because no, that's not true. It's an <laughs> untrue statement. And then, and then I get, yes, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. you yeah, feel yeah, good yeah. and I have pain. I say, no, no, shut up. And they say five minute pace is good. And I, that's my plan. I say, yeah, true. Thank you. Good to remind me. So <laughs> it's very difficult to motivate me in this situation. I think, and that's why it cannot just be someone well, who just, yeah. <laughs> Well, that you have to pick your pacers accordingly. Very, yes. yeah. I do have rules for my pacers as well. Yeah, <laughs> three specific rules, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but my pacers know what they are. <laughs> Did you calculate your splits on a hundred k course? Do you yeah, actually, you do. If you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out: Fiddle Fifty. Does running around in circles sound like fun to you? No vert? No problem. Well, then Gotta Run Racing has the perfect race for you. Coming to Shelburne, Ontario this June is the Fiddle 50, featuring distances starting at 25K all the way to 100 miles and almost everything in between. It's flat, fast, and fun all rolled into one. And as the name implies, you may even hear a fiddle or two and they may or may not be on a roof. Registration's now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Wow. I, I do a lot of preparation because I I always have a little lack of self-confidence and I doubt whether I can do this and uh, survive and do a good job and everything, good race. And then when I, I need the preparation to always to also calm down my my doubts kind of. Mm. So the the day seven to three or something before a race, I'm very nervous and and then mm. the last two or three days when I really start in Europe um preparing the mandatory equipment mm. and fuel my fill my flasks and then I also do a table with how much nutrition per um, maybe sequenced from one aid session to the next, right. what to wear, when to, for example, change a headlamp or whatever, then this really calms me down because I know I have a plan and I'm not mm. going into this um, unprepared. Right. Hmm. What part of the course did you find the most technical? I think before Black Canyon City. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And what position were you there at Black Canyon? Um, I think fifth or sixth so I ran with Stephen Kirsch and David Laney, and I always wanted to get to Black Canyon City with a smile and quite fresh because a lot of people told me stories that that's already a stop uh, spot where people DNF. It's very hard if you run like the first 50k downhill too fast, and then it gets hot, and in those last 10, 15k you suffer, and then you DNF there kind of, mm -hmm. and. I thought, yeah, it's true. It's still a marathon to go. And if someone has a bad day or a lack of energy or whatever, or went out too fast, then on a marathon, you can steal 20 minutes easily. Mm -hmm. So I ran onto there, but then I kind of completely switched my my mindset. And in Black Canyon City, in the aid station, I started pushing and I lost um, Stephen and David there. 
and just mm. ran out of and then I yeah started the run to the finish <laughs> so you knew you had it you knew you had that yeah. golden ticket going to the finish yeah before the ticket before the finish I knew um but I still had to pass um two people I think I was fifth or sixth so two or three I had to pass mm. but I saw them maybe at 5k later after the aid station in Black ah. City yeah and then I started to really race race so my engine was still running smooth and I started to like when they passed the cactus stop the time or look at my watch <laughs> see oh that's 40 seconds and they pass the next cactus and this has a lot of cactus uh, it's yeah. 38 it's 36 you know <laughs> and and then I catch them and until table mesa it, i was still very in very good condition with mm -hmm. my energy and then yeah the last 10 20k of course were hard yeah i i made up some time on tom evans for example but the last 20k i couldn't i think it was two or three minutes in table mesa and the same at the finish so i already also felt it then yeah, of course yeah it was a hard race that's amazing did you did you know the winner before you went into the race did you ever hear about anthony constalis no no <laughs> yeah. yeah it's crazy fast guy yeah we, we, we chatted with him on uh thursday so we just mm -hmm. released that episode today but, yes uh what a what an epic what an epic race overall like and for us we love seeing international runners coming in yes. and and making a name for themselves in north america because Obviously, there's such deep talent in Europe, and we love to see the mix-up, you know, to see the, the mm -hmm. different yes. ways that you guys attack the race. So mm. it was fun to watch, yeah, certainly absolutely. fun to watch. But now Western is coming up. Yes. <laughs> What's the plan, Janos? Oh, the plan. <laughs> I Yeah, you know me now after a couple of minutes. <laughs> I always need a plan, um, and I really need to... Um, start this on like a white paper because mm -hmm. I realized yeah I watched a lot of videos I, I saw all the tragedies and the drama of this race with the heat with people suffering like yep. metaphorically going through hell which is also very <laughs> hot right yes. so but I realized you don't know the facts the details the the emotionless stuff the rational stuff that, that I usually know you know because I know this drama and the, the storytelling in a video, but I don't know the names of the eight stations. I didn't know which part is technical, which is not, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I think someone told me it's not possible with one car and one crew to go to all of the eight stations. There's mm -hmm. some where you need to like have someone else helping you out or someone like mm -hmm. this. So now I really need to to make a good plan so that I can kill the doubts before the race and and be confident. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We were there last year for him. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And, yeah. <laughs> How did it go? Uh, <laughs> so, so, so what do you want to know? <laughs> now, he finished in the golden hour, well, so he has all the experience of knowing the entire day. <laughs> yeah, so if you were to finish in the golden hour, you get this nice T-shirt. <laughs> What's the golden hour? The last hour before the cutoff. 29 to 30. Uh, because I learned, for example, because, you know, Ironman Hawaii, the um, daylight finish is like, I think, in the middle of the pack because it's quite, quite long. The mm -hmm. finishes have eight hours, so it's more time left. 
And here I, I learned, for example, that a daylight finish in Western states, that's some of those details I just mentioned that I didn't know. Daylight finish is super hard because it's like 17 hours and the winner has 15 or 14, right? So Yes. Yeah. yeah. This... <laughs> yeah so I experienced the heat twice. <laughs> Started the ah, race yeah, and then the that's, very next morning again. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and get, does it really? Does it also get super cold then in the night there? No, no. You you will never get away from the heat. You'll never okay. get away from the heat. Mm-hmm. No. They've had some issues, as I'm sure you know, with the fires and then the mm-hmm. flooding. Oh, yes. So hopefully they won't be changing any part of the course. But will you be able to come over a little bit earlier and get some training on? I hope the course? so. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really planned everything out um, because. This week I was a little bit, um, I was busy. It was cool rest week. And also rest week without training is one thing. But this week I was not thinking about training or running. Mm-hmm. Also not thinking, you know. Yeah. Um, but next week I will for sure maybe do some easy runs and then also some easy thoughts. <laughs> 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 and well, and start planning the next months. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, you should think about the training camp. It's a three-day event at the training camp. You get to know the course, at least the back mm-hmm. 70 miles of it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea. And I think all the top runners will probably be there training. So that's a good way for you to figure them out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So after Western States, what do you think your sights going in the future? Would you... What would be a good race for you after Western? For the year or the f- like cup, next in, couple of in years? In life, like, what, do you, what do you really want to take on bucket list races? Hmm. I think Western State is already pretty high on this list <laughs> yeah. because, because of the rolling part and the heat, which I really like. And I really think that I might be quite good at Western States. So if I am top ten, I just go back every year. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And why not? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really one of the highest. Also, I tried UTMB and did not finish. That's a little bit of one of my concerns, kind of, because on Mount Fuji, I also couldn't finish. They stopped the race a little bit after me because there was snowfall and everything. Mm. But still, I did the DNF before, so the first runners I could have finished, kind of. Mm. and then i dnf'd mont uh, utmb and tds last year so every time it goes above 17 hours i could always make it to 17 <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> and every time it's longer i i struggled the in my three of three tries so far but i will just finish under 17 hours and then i don't get in the zone <laughs> uh, that, yeah why not what about canada have you ever checked out any races in canada uh, yeah, I know the Canadian death race from oh, yeah. like, from my research, but not a lot more, no. no. Sadly oh. not. Well, it's interesting because obviously we have a lot of mountains on the West Coast, mm. which are, yes. are the tougher tougher races. And then the middle of the country, not so much because it's very flat. Ontario, where we are, we have beautiful trails in forest, but not a lot of vert but mm. absolutely gorgeous, runnable trails. Rolling terrain, right? Yes. Yeah. Does it and get then hot? Quebec is kind Tec- of in between. Technical. Technical, yeah. rocky, yeah. more vertical. Mm-hmm. How's your French? 
<laughs> I learned it a little bit in school, but yeah, I started engineering for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Languages were not my strongest part. <laughs> well, you should consider doing some more races out in Arizona, Utah, California. Yeah. Yes, yeah, true. There's a lot of races. Yes. What about a and, what about a like an actual desert in you know doing marathon de sable or one of those? Any interest there? Mm, yes, yes, but um, I did the half marathon de sable once in Peru, mm. and yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's just a different discipline again. I think mm -hmm. I feel like yeah, it's like. A different discipline from running. Yeah. I always say, for example, uh, ultra race is not just a longer marathon. It's marathon is like threshold and sticking to the pace. And for me, ultra running is completely different skill set. It's not about the running. It's about who can eat the most while under stress. You know, <laughs> it's like another. Really, it's another completely different skill. Or, and I think that. I, or for me, I felt like the, the desert races is again another discipline, yeah, mm -hmm. with all the sand all the time. Mm -hmm. It's true. But it's also true. keeping the calories down and just rest, recover without having like a jacuzzi and massage, you know, just recover by sleeping and and taking care of yourself kind of. It's It's tough. Yeah. At Western States, who do you look forward to of competing against now that you probably know the field is getting stacked? <laughs> I know you're looking. Yes, <laughs> yes I mean, I, I don't know. I think I will, I mean, 100 miles, since I, I just told you my 100-mile story, I, <laughs> I, want to, I want to finish strong, and this will mean I will run very conservative in the beginning, I think, and then... Yeah then will be very dangerous in the second half if if I can stick to my plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people don't start racing until Forest Hill. That's what the plan. What mile is that? 60 mile. Ah, that's the Black Canyon city of, of Western yeah. States. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. That's a good advice. Don't, when you get to Forest Hill, that's when you put the hammer down. And, <laughs> and it's right. a party at Forest Hill. Everyone's out. Oh, Cool. They line the streets. There's yeah. people set up everywhere, and it's it's fun because it's a flat section in between the the climbs, the canyons. And, yeah, yeah, so oh, it's, yeah. it's it's fun. Forest Hill's fun, oh, and cool. they really yeah. do appreciate the international runners at mm -hmm. this race. They make a big deal about it, whether you're you or you're Norm. <laughs> you know, all levels they yeah. make a big deal about the international runners because last year. With all the uh, COVID deferrals, ah yes, there were so many more international runners, so it was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Now, I saw on your website that you also offer coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, I think this just goes hand in hand with my background that I used to work full time, and then when I, I mean, I started professional trail running in Christmas before COVID with lots of motivation and good vibes. And then COVID started in March and until like April, May, I just ran around in the forest and didn't, <laughs> didn't think that it's too bad. And then suddenly my little, mm, 
my little house in my mind started to um, break down and I realized, oh, you, you just started professional running without any races anymore. And that's when I sat a lot on the couch. And mm. like I said before, I, I was, I not, I didn't grow into professional sports. Like I'm not used to that a nap and rest is part of the job, right? For me, mm. I work full time and then ran at 5am in the morning or in the evening or, and then suddenly sitting so much around really was a hard time for me because I felt you're just sitting around. You're a bad, lazy person, you know? And this is <laughs> when I realized just for the good for myself, I, I need to do something with my mind, with my brain too. I need to like have a little projects that mm -hmm. I do on the side so I can distract myself. And, and this is when I started coaching. It more came a little bit, without me pushing it because like loose friends asked me mm -hmm. to whether I can help them and they are looking for a coach and right. yeah. What's the name of the company? It's called trade gang. Trail gang. <laughs> <laughs> Good <Love> name. <laughs> well, I like what you said so far about your strategy and how you think through things. So yeah. I think that would make you a good coach because you, you come from it from that angle of there's there's other elements than just the the watch and the running yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah i maybe because i haven't i've never ran like you know 13 14 on 5k or whatever but most of the athletes i coach are not looking for for this track and field pr or road pr mm. um goal kind of but they most of them want to finish an ultra, want to finish their first 100K or even in a marathon for for a person who, who does this. And it's still a big achievement if you start from zero or you, you pick up running late. Mm -hmm. um, they they really like the the tips and advice and strategy. It's not just, yeah, start slow, don't go, go too fast, but have like this, for example, break it down and, look for a certain aid station that where you sh really should get there and still smile. And mm -hmm. so I give them, I talk to them and give them more like a strategy advice, of course, nutrition and, and fueling and, and gear in Europe. And that's what they kind of are looking for. And then of course the basics of coaching or not the basics, but I, I help them to don't do stupid mistakes. <laughs> yeah. because you've done them all <laughs> a lot of them yeah <laughs> oh, that's good well we did mozart back in 2019 oh really yes perfect uh, that was one of my ticket races to get to western i used it to get into ah, western yes. cool uh but now it's turned over to um a UTMB, UTMB series, but it wasn't yes. when we did it. I'm just, if you, if you would uh, notice yeah. the difference between it now, because you did it last year to when we did it, if you know the UTMB, have they added something of the different experience because they took over? More competitive. Like, what, what, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know really what the race was before, whether something changed. I think no. the courses and is quite the same. There were definitely, uh, I think, more more runners like Spanish. Andres Simon was there, for example, when I raced. And I know that this year, because this year is the first year that 
the elite athletes really run for the spots or mm-hmm. last year too, but last year I could use for this year and last year you could have still used your um, ETRA points. Mm. And I know this year, for example, it gets really packed. For example, in the marathon, which is usually like the, the smaller race distance and not so so deep field now is a lot of people with a huge ETRA ranking already signed up because there's like every race before UTMB week now it gets there's less options so everyone who really wants to go to UTMB will go to these races and yeah because mm. when he did it it was uh, who won the race when he did it, it was Paul yes Paul Kapal and, and uh, Sally McRae is the ones ah. who won when we were there yeah yeah no we're just curious because obviously with the UTMB taking over some of these big races if it's changing the dynamic of the race to become more about getting to UTMB rather than being ah. more inclusive you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just an interesting time in the ultra running yeah. business of races <laughs> yeah yeah that's true I definitely ran for the win in the end, yes. But it's true that it's maybe the same with the golden ticket now uh, last weekend. When I realized I have the ticket, I maybe didn't push the last percent Mm. just to don't fall, obviously, but also don't get like cramps or dehydration. Don't risk to, to fall back. So it's more, there's more in the, in the basket then that the third then the third place if there's also the ticket yeah right. i think it's the same with um then the slots in the end but when i raced mozart it was so hot with 32 degrees and it was a real cruel race for me because and i really went hard in the end because it was so hot and after like 80k at the lake fushul again there was i passed i was third and then I passed the second and I could already see this the first. Mm-hmm. So in like a running time of 30 to 60 seconds, they were the top three in 80K into the race. Wow. And it was very hot. And at this moment, I thought, please, God, don't, don't make them follow me. Because <laughs> if we now go with three people and it's a very rolling terrain in the end, there's yep. a lot of parts are even on the street pavement. Yes. Those stairs. Yes. Oh my God. Those are mean in the end. Mean. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, at this moment I thought it's a very, very hot day and we're about to run a half marathon kind of with pre-gaming ATK. So on completely empty energy and dehydrated and we run a half marathon against each other we will someone will end up in the hospital you know because that's what was my thing my thought in that moment if if i just pass you and it's obviously that i i'm stronger right now then it's okay and there will be a gap but if they fight back and we you know like in a road race when you where you get head to head if this happens, I thought in this moment, <laughs> oh, I'm screwed. And I pass them very fast. So they, they don't think so. But that's also something you do because usually right in ultra running, you run your own race and you can't really, yes. or it's the, the line is very thin because 20% in an ultra is not 20% in a 10K. You, mm-hmm. right. It's only 2K. So you see the finish line mostly. Yeah, that was, yeah. 
That was strange. <laughs> well, it was hot when we did Mozart. It was a heat wave. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah when we and I was dying. I, I, I even had an ice cream cone. <laughs> he stopped oh, yes. in for, one of the towns for an ice cream That's cone. So cool, because I was so hot. Yes, <laughs> me and some Polish runner. Yes, I forgot his he name. Bu- he bought it for he, you because <laughs> you want an ice cream cone. Go, yes, I need an ice cream cone. <laughs> what kind of flavor? I actually had strawberry, which I never get strawberry. I just felt uh, stra- the word strawberry fruity, yeah. was more refreshing than chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I usually always get milk flavors like uh, chocolate, vanilla, cookie, whatever. And then I'm always in summer very jealous of my girlfriend who more chooses like mango and strawberry and those yeah, sorbets. Yeah, very, very or, cooling. Yeah. Well, it's this has choice. been awesome, Janosch. Thank you so much for taking the time. Before we let you go, we like to finish our podcast with some fun rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So, beer or wine? Beer. Beer. Well, you're German. I can understand that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same for us. We make good beer, but Canadian wine, eh, it's not too bad. (laughs) Uh, What's the last concert you went to? That's mean because in COVID, I couldn't go. So, it's a couple years back. Yeah, I think it's a German punk band. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> I'm actually coming to Germany in June to see Depeche Mode in Munich. Oh, that's cool. Do you know Depeche Mode? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Are you superstitious? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yes, I do a lot of routines because of my structure. <laughs> uh, what's a place you haven't been to that you'd like to travel to? Not race related. Yes, not re- race related. I think Africa. I mean, oh. I've been to Northern Africa, but it's different like Morocco mm-hmm. and South Africa, but not in the middle. Oh, okay. What's your favorite curse word in German? Ooh. When you stump your toe in a race, what do you say? Hurahage. <laughs> what does that translate to? It's it's just a swearing word, yeah. Hugle Huglehage? <laughs> or damn it, yeah, it's like verdammt. <laughs> <laughs> You've got good name, good words. Yeah, they're very um strong and yeah, powerful. Gutter, yeah. Guttural. <laughs> All right. Now, last question. Pick a superpower. Sleep. <laughs> Instant sleep. Instant sleep. Oh, that would be powerful. That would come in handy at races if you... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, we wish you all the best for Western States. We'll be Thanks following you. along the entire weekend. And hopefully we'll get to see you at a race in Canada one day. Yes. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. I've been okay. there once. In in Quebec and Toronto and yeah, with my family, oh, okay. I was like twelve or something. Oh, very nice. Well, you'll have cool, to come yeah. back and let us know when you do. We'll come and crew okay. for you. Yeah, we'll crew. Cool. You. Perfect. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love to run yeah. with you for at least half a k. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's been really funny. It's really cool. <laughs> all right. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Right. <laughs> that was Janusz Kowalczyk from Stuttgart, Germany. Wow. What a funny guy. Funny guy. <laughs> and I love how he Smart. is constantly 
structuring his races and, <laughs> and training and still keeping splits. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, he's known about Western for a long time and good for him. It didn't really take him that long to get a golden ticket to the big show. I love chatting with international runners because they have a different perspective, I think. Yep. And when they come over to North America, they don't know who is the top dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although nowadays you can pretty much find out anything online, but yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what shakes out when you get a bunch of extremely talented runners mm -hmm. at a lineup, at which Western is going to be that. Oh, I know. Every, everybody's getting their tickets now there. It's going to be a very stacked field. But he feels that's confident. He does well in the heat. He loves the rolling mountains, mm -hmm. and uh, he he's feels that uh, yeah he can he can get for top ten. Yeah, well, let's wish him well. All right. Until next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.